We've been fighting a long time, and we have all lost so very much. So many loved ones gone. But you are not alone. There are pockets of resistance all around the planet. We are at the brink. You have no idea how important you are. If you're listening to this, you are the resistance. Ave Maria. Welcome to our Wednesday presentation uh, for our regular Zoom topics. And today's topic will be on the Queenship of Our Lady, in particular, um, in connection with Christ's kingship. Because wherever Mary is queen, Christ is king. Christ is king by nature, Mary is queen by grace. And so let's begin with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Immaculate heart of Mary, pray for us. Good Saint Joseph, pray for us. And all the holy saints and all your patron saints and all our guardian angels pray for us. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. In the historical book of Genesis, there is that special verse, that special sentence in chapter 3, where the good Lord put enmity, an enemy relationship between the woman and the serpent. In other words, the Almighty himself established an enemy relationship, an irreconcilable feud, ultimately between Mary and Satan. Holy Moses put it this way in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, quote, I will put enmities between thee and the woman, and thy seed and her seed. She shall crush thy head, Ipsum, and thou shalt lie in wait for her heel, unquote. In a real way, all of human history, all salvation history has this theme constantly running through it. Sacred scriptures begin with this feud and they end with this feud. The enemy relationship, that enmity begins at our origins, Genesis, and finds its culmination in St. John chapter 12 to be exact, where we find both a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, as well as a red dragon that seeks to devour her child. Always at odds with each other, always at war, never allied. There is never a peace treaty between the two, but only complete victory for the woman and utter defeat for the serpent. By the power of her divine son and her savior, 
Our Lady ground her heel into the serpent's head at her most immaculate conception. And furthermore, she desires that we join her, that we unite with her sacred heel so that we too might crush Satan's influence in our life. There can be no coexistence between Christ the King and Baal. No accord, no concordat, no treaty, no agreement between the Queen of Heaven and that unjust tyrant and usurper from below. The woman hates the serpent with a perfect hate. And yet it seems that some think that this lasting feud can somehow be reconciled. That somehow the woman and the serpent can coexist and be at peace. Case in point, in October of 2019, just about a year ago, we heard about a religious service of sorts happening in the Vatican Gardens where a particular false goddess received veneration. That false goddess receiving this honor again in the Vatican Gardens was and is called Pachamama. That will be the last time that I mention the name of this false goddess specifically. To know a name could possibly open the door to communication. And we want no fellowship with what ultimately is a demon. For some of the indigenous people of South America, this false goddess is considered the supreme goddess, the spirit of Mother Earth, even a cosmic mother. And for a number of the modern people in the West who have lost the faith, and embraced a neo-paganism and an animism. This false goddess represents a universal feminine energy. Her adherents claim that she brings forth life, nourishes and protects existing life, and oversees the fruitfulness of creation. She demands worship, even blood sacrifices. She supposedly likes it when human beings are ecologically virtuous, but she punishes man with earthquakes and natural disasters if she is disrespected. But interestingly enough, this false goddess is oftentimes depicted as a giant dragon. That's right. The false goddess is oftentimes depicted as a giant dragon, or she is depicted as a large, fertile woman with serpents wrapped around her arms and body. A woman and a serpent as one, united in peace, coexisting and reconciled. In the church's liturgical calendar, we recently celebrated the great solemnity of Christ the King. And I took a number of weeks preceding that great 
wondrous feast, explaining some of the doctrines in connection with Christ's social reign over society. And even this Sunday, I preached a sermon regarding Christ's reign in our hearts, in the kingdom that is within us. And so it's only proper that as I bring this sort of topic of Christ's kingship to an end, that we always end with Our Lady. Our Lady who is queen of heaven and earth, of angels and men. Again, last Sunday, we celebrated the fact that Christ is king of heaven and earth and all that is therein. Christ is the king of hearts and nations. He is king of angels and men, and yes, he rules even over hell. And all false gods and idols and demons behind them must fall down and break before him. But if Christ is truly king, then he must have a queen. Kings have queens. And that royal lady is Mary. Again, wherever Christ is king by right, by nature, by conquest, Mary is queen by grace and by participation in his conquest. As mother of our God and King Mary shares in the universal kingship of Jesus himself. I once heard it said, and I said it earlier to begin this talk, where Mary is queen, Jesus is always king. Where Mary is recognized as queen, Christ is always recognized as king. In other words, the woman prophesied in Genesis, the woman who crushes the head of the serpent with her heel, ushers in the reign of Christ the King. Think about it this way. Our Lady came to Mexico, right? Our Lady Guadalupe. And that people, which worshipped, the Aztecs worshipped Quetzalcoatl, the serpent god. Our Lady came in and crushed the head of the serpent. And in Mexico, Christ then reigned as king. Wherever Mary is queen, Christ is king. Those individuals, those societies that accept Mary as queen, always accept the kingship of Christ. Consider the ejaculatory prayer. Listen to this carefully. Coriesu adveniat regnum tuum. Heart of Jesus, may your kingdom come. Adveniat per Maria, and may it come through Mary. Heart of Jesus, may your kingdom come, and may it come through Mary. And I love this line from the great slave, voluntary slave of Our Lady, St. Louis Marie de Montfort. I think it's like the first or second paragraph of his great classic true devotion to Mary. De Montfort says, quote, it was through the most holy virgin that Jesus came into this world. And it is also through her that he must reign in this world, unquote. He came into this world through Our Lady and he will reign as king through Our Lady. Again, remember the Virgin of Guadalupe, 
first crushed the head of the serpent god, right? And then eventually Christ was recognized as king in the Americas. And this ushering in of Christ as king is truly the very definition of the triumph of Mary's immaculate heart. The triumph of Mary's immaculate heart is the triumph of her son. It is an age of peace in the reign of Christ the King. It is the universal reestablishment of the Christian order or Christendom. This is Mary's triumph of her heart, the triumph of Christ's kingship. His universal reign of peace in the minds, hearts, and public societies of men. His gospel being the law of our hearts and of the nations of this earth. But if the serpent, if the serpent, however, wished to usurp unjustly the throne of Christ the King in the minds, hearts, and societies of men, then the serpent would need to remove Our Lady as Queen. Okay, where Mary is Queen, Jesus is King, and so remove Mary as Queen, then you Remove our Lord as king. See, the dragon, the serpent, the devil needs another woman, a female ally, who would help usher in his tyrannical reign over men. He would need another maternal figure that would not crush his head, but rather would allow him to wrap himself around her. And thus we saw in that Vatican Garden event an enthronement of Satan in place of Christ the King. As a result, churchmen speak of Holy Mother Earth instead of Holy Mother Church. Churchmen speak of the fires in the Amazon destroying the so-called, quote, lungs of the planet, unquote but they fail to warn people of the fires of hell. Churchmen promoting ecology and sustainability instead of promoting a life of virtue. How far we have devolved. St. Boniface, St. Boniface cut down old growth trees worshiped by Germanic tribes to show the powerlessness of false gods and demons in comparison to Christ the King. He chopped down the tree that men were falsely worshiping. St. Benedict, the founder of the Benedictines, he first destroyed a temple to Apollo, the Greek god, false god Apollo, before building the greatest monastery in history of Monte Cassino atop of the ruins of that temple to Apollo. And yet, a year ago, we saw a false goddess that literally sat before the altar in St. Peter's Basilica. Again, it reminds me of those words spoken by the late, great John Sr., that wonderful professor of humanities who brought many people into the church and into religious life even. 
John Sr., that man of tradition, God rest his soul, who stated, quote, Mrs. Pretty Dower, he wrote, quote, the crisis is over and we have lost. There is, this is no longer a prediction. It is simply an observation. Rome has been desecrated. We are in the age of darkness. The modern world and the church deserve the punishment that God is raining down on us. Unquote, strong words. The crisis is over, we have lost. We lost a battle, not the final war. Last year, a good friend of mine, priest friend, sent me an email that was a bit of a it was a bit of a rant, but it did ring true. This good priest basically stated that this event in the Vatican Gardens was more than predictable considering the last few decades, what we've had to deal with. He wrote in his rant, his venting, quote, if you support modern liturgical innovations, if you support Vatican II and post-Vatican II orientations, if you support religious liberty to worship any way you want, ecumenism, not being like rabbits, if you support limiting family size and therefore being responsible parents, if you support passive euthanasia, in many hospitals, organ harvesting of vital non-paired internal organs, etc., etc., and yet you are upset about Pachamama, then you're seriously confused, unquote. Think about it. Why are we so surprised? We've lived through the destruction of the Roman rite. We've lived through the uncrowning of Christ the King and the relinquishing of the papal tiara. We've seen the promotion of religious indifferentism. The celebration of Martin Luther as if he were an instrument of the Holy Ghost. And even the possibility of active adulterers being open to the sacraments without remedying their situation. In short, the serpent has been sitting on a throne for a while we just failed to notice until this event last year. May God help us.